We're talking about all the evil. We are back. <laughs> all right. So I know that uh, we are touching on a few of the episodes here and talking about the demon Howard. And that would actually end up being a fairly interesting episode because it shows how assessors can work together from region to region. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. So interesting. yeah. And that and that is true. That is true. When you have different uh, different miracles and uh, different possessions and stuff like that, they will bring various assessors in to go over these, as we previously discussed. So this episode is not wrong in that approach. Okay. Well, like you said, it seems like like I said, I have not seen a single episode of this yet, so I'm just kind of listening to you guys and your takes. But it seems like they really have done their homework in, in presenting some of these cases and some, presenting some of these viewpoints and stuff like that. Like, they're just not making stuff up on the go. Like, there, there's been homework done and they're, they're trying to, um, from each of these situations, you know, provide something that's real to life. Yes. Absolutely. Kudos for that. Yeah. And that, that episode is really good at highlighting some of those points. So, is that a Dominion thing? Not really. It's, it's more like a Think of it as a corporation. It's kind of like a department. Because I know, like, uh, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, that certain fallen angels have certain dominions over certain regions. Right. So I didn't know if that was, like, the Catholic Church is, like, mirroring kind of um, have certain dominion over certain areas or... Now, think of it, think of it more like, um, again, like, like a department. Now there there are regions where certain people are uh, certain regions where people are more in charge of different areas because like every parish is actually technically autocephalous. Every bishop over each region mm-hmm. is autocephalous to that region is in his parishes. Okay. Um, they uh, he operates as the manager of his area. Each bishop does, uh, and the priests operate. Think of them as officers under the sheriff, right? So that's kind of how it works. If we were to to use a secular example, the uh, the bishop would be the sheriff, and then each priest would be his one of his deputies. Gotcha. Yeah. So, like Barney Fife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of those out there. Got his one bullet in the pocket. I love it. <laughs> Um, what I love about the Catholic Church's approach about that, though, because we have been trying, and I still think we plan on doing, to get a exorcist on the show. We are working on it now. Yeah. It's not easy. No. You have to track them down. You don't, I mean, you really have to do your homework and investigate who they are in your region or in whatever region you may be interested in. Mm-hmm. And make sure they're it's legit. not a very publicized it's, thing. It's not like you can look it up in the phone book. So is exorcism a mainly like solely Catholic thing or do other religions do it? Protestant has, we have, you know, I think we'd call it deliverance on our side. Yes. Different terminology. We actually have a friend of the show who engages in a Protestant version of like house cleanings and spiritual cleansliness and stuff like that. That's a great episode, Doug. Yeah. Very open-minded. Doug Overmeyer. Yeah, Doug Overmeyer. Yep. Very open-minded guy. He enjoys working with both Protestants and Catholics. He's uh, very open-minded in his approach. Like half his family is Catholic, half is Protestant, and he's happy being in between. So and he was skeptical going into it. Mm-hmm. Very. very skeptical. He went on one of the cleanings of a home because they just needed an extra person or something like that. I can't yeah. remember quite exactly why he went on, but he went on and he was a believer after that. Yeah. So yeah. and he has a good book out there too. Just look up Doug Overmeyer, Douglas Overmeyer. He has a he has a really good book out there. Clean house. Yep. Uh I forget the name of the book offhand, but yeah, just look his name up on Amazon. You'll it'll pull up. Yep. Our episode was called a clean house or something. Yes, like it was. Yep. yep. So go back. The links are actually in that episode. It was interesting because he talked about the spirits being attached to certain uh, objects in yep. the house. Yeah. And they would they would go through the house, they'd pray over it, and you know they discover like you have to get rid of this object, and they'd find out what it was, and they'd get rid of it, and not grandma's ashes. Jeez <laughs> <laughs> Louise! It was no the one time the the one story you told <laughs> grandma's ashes. <laughs> 
It was like a lamp or some kind of in, you know. Well, there, I, I think there was, wasn't there like a ring in the lamp? Yeah, so it, was, it just looked like a lamp. And then they turned it over and like, this is just a lamp. They turned it over, then they opened it from the bottom and there was something in there. Yeah. That was, uh, I don't know if it was it's like pagan. satanic or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it had something, but whatever it was, it was a gateway for like the spiritual world. Yeah. And ever since the point when they bought it and they brought it into their home, they'd just been noticing weird things happening in the house. Yeah. So it was yeah. that kind of deal. Yeah, no, it is historical that, you know, whether it's objects or actual physical locations, you know, you can get spirits, demonic, you know, type stuff or even heavenly mm-hmm. um, stuff tied to that stuff. Interesting to figure out, you know, or I mean, the science or not into science so much because I but to, to figure out you know, why and how that happened, it's always been, you know, something in the back of my mind. I know my parents, uh, um, when I was younger, when um, they would buy a house or friends of theirs would buy a house, they would do not so much of a house clean, but like they call it a house blessing. Mm-hmm. They'd go in, they'd pray over the, you know, the, the new house, pray over the location, pray over the family that was moving in, you know, anoint the windows and doors with oil and stuff like that. So it was okay. definitely something of, you know, like not so much of a, of a looking for something, but a thing of, you know, there's, there's something new coming in and, you know, we want to bless us and we want to, you know, okay. make it good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, Ed, I haven't been on the show with you until today. Do you believe in demonic possessions and ghosts, all that jazz? Ah, another hot seat question. Thank you very much for that, Sam. Uh, <laughs> got 20 seconds to go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, in a short answer, yes, I do. I do believe in demonic possessions. I believe that it is an actual thing that can happen. Um, Ghosts are a little more complicated. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, like I have never had an experience with something like that. Um, from from my background, my upbringing, I believe that if you, I believe that when somebody dies, you're you're either you're 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 before God, and then you're you're, you're in judgment, and you're going either to heaven or hell. That's that's my personal belief as of right now. You know, and the stuff I've been, you know, so um, final uh, judgment. Yeah. Um. So if you're seeing the ghost, quote unquote, of someone, um. I actually think you're more seeing a a personification of a demon of a demonic thing. All right. Like I said, um, it's always something that you know because you you hear of other stories. You know, in the Bible, you hear of stories of you know because like on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus appeared and there was two people that were dead that appeared down there with them. Yep. So even biblically, it can happen. Um, I mean, I've had and I've heard stories, you know, from from friends and stuff, you know, where where you know a fam somebody in their family died. They were really distraught over because it was a sudden thing. They didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And they appeared, you know, and, you know, for whether it was, they were, they were awake when it happened. I don't want to say a dream, but like they appeared before them for like 15 seconds just to say, hey, I love you. You know, they got to say their goodbye and, you know, type of thing. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, it's an, it's an interesting topic and, you know, who knows if we'll ever have the clear answer. Like, like the Bible says, we, we see the world through cloudy glasses. I had one of my uh, one of my friends actually had their fathers appear to them after after he passed away, and, and he was going through a hard time. You know, he had lost his father, um, but he said he said his father came to him one night and said, "Stop worrying about me. I'm mm-hmm. okay now. I'm at peace." Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, that is a pretty common one, I think, for people who lose their father. Because I've had that one after my father passed, and I yeah. And they touch upon that in uh, season two. <laughs> yeah. Nice segue there. Well, it's interesting you say that because we- in one of the episodes, Two Fathers, <laughs> David and Kristen visit David's estranged father, Leon. David learns that his dad has now remarried and is using the mark. What mark? Oh, it's one of the sigils. The demon sigils were discovered in one of in the previous episode. And they're trying to figure out what the demon sigils are, just to give you a background. And uh, with if you one of those demon sigils they found to be on his father's artwork at the end of the previous episode. Okay, so claiming that it was given him clarity he didn't have before, Ben meets Vanessa for the first time in three weeks and confronts her for not calling back. She explains that her sister, quote-unquote, who inhabits the right side of her body, didn't want them to get together despite some initial concerns. He decides to continue their relationship. David and Kristen both consume hallucinogenic drugs, causing them to have visions. 
Kristen witnesses Leon's wife give birth to a ghoul. For those who are not out there, ghouls are kind of like a cross between a demon and a goblin. Uh, while David meets Annie Commerce, who would, uh, just a little bit of background, Annie Commerce is somebody who supposedly had died back during the, the slaving times, and she had been a slave of the plantation owner who had then died when she was uh, still fairly young, I believe in her, in her early 20s. Mm. Julian explains is a slave ancestor of theirs who died in 1859. The mark turns out to be the brand of the slave owner who purchased Annie, which Leon rediscovered and chose to reclaim as his own. David is shocked by his father's decision, but accepts that he is allowed to deal with the pain of their family's history in his own way. David drives Kristen home to find that her husband, Andy, has finally returned. Slacker. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just a background, by the way, I don't think we mentioned this previously. We didn't, yeah. So, uh, so, so Kristen and her husband, Andy, are mountain climbers. And that was their previous career together was, was guiding people on mountain excursion, uh, uh, excursions. excursions. Thank you. Excursions. Uh, journeys and they were their guides so and uh he returns from i believe it was the himalayas if i recall right i think he was in the himalayas which is where the the buddhism comes in later yeah so yeah yeah so it, we went we kind of skipped over a little bit of this uh we didn't talk about vanessa at all until now and uh well she doesn't really play heavily i think until the next episode right uh, it's one or two episodes from now when she confronts her. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, up until this point, they had they had a, one or two uh, like kind of like island episodes that kind of sitting on their own. I thought this was the episode where he does the show with Vanessa. The show with Vanessa. Um, the ghost hunting yeah the ghost hunting no that was that was a that was a couple of episodes before okay yeah 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 we didn't touch about on that at all well let's touch on it then so in a previous (laughs) episode ben had appeared on a ghost hunter show that was a good episode by the way it was so and i love it because right from the get-go it starts with him saying yeah i don't believe any of this crap <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, he dismantled everything they were trying to do live, <laughs> right? Right from the start, science can explain everything. <laughs> and Vanessa is is the one of the cast members of the show, but and she doesn't believe in most of it, but she does believe that her right side is possessed by her twin sister that died in birth. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh huh. Yeah, that's fascinating because there actually is accounts of that. In fact, there's a there's a really weird account of a, of a, a twin. She was a conjoined twin uh, earlier. Now, and and the other head in the of the conjoined twin couldn't talk, but she kept saying it would whisper to her at night, telling her how she's going to kill her. So it was a really, really weird. That is not cool. Yeah, <laughs> really, really weird true life tale of somebody who was haunted by their twin, who couldn't talk except to her. It reminds me of that one guy in like 1400s or 1500s that had the Mur- Murdoch or something like that Mur- uh, Murdrake that yep. had his brother's head on the back of his head. Yep, that would just tell him to kill himself all the time. That was the yep. It's a very similar story. Oh man. Yeah. But also just like with with phantom limbs, with with donors, like you, you get the same there have been many stories about getting like those cravings that the donor that you got that um organ from. Yeah, that you get those same cravings that they do. You get uh you start acting the same way that they do in some ways. You yeah. start having yeah. some yeah, like able to play on the keyboard when you've never been able to before. Mm. Science actually backs a lot of that up, though, because they do say that every cell of your body contains a complete library of your whole life. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. There's some theories out there that state that your consciousness itself is only received by your body and that it sits outside of your body and every cell of your body actually receives the entire library of your consciousness. Oh, man, I have not had enough alcohol. 
Listen, Yoda. <laughs> and, and, and these are actual, legitimate, peer-reviewed studies. Mm-hmm. They we're not talking about fringe science. Like, well, well, maybe it's a little bit fringe, but <laughs> but but it is peer-reviewed, though. It is peer-reviewed science. Now we're talking my language. <laughs> so it might be a little bit on the French side, but it is peer-reviewed science. Um, and, Nine out of ten doctors recommend this. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there is uh, – we can go over this later because I have gone over some real studies in this field where they show – They'll put somebody inside of like a uh, an MRI machine, right? And and they will tell them they're going to perform a test on them. But five seconds before they tell them, that part of the brain activates and knows they're going to say that. Yep. So it's fast. So it does appear that the consciousness outside of the body sometime, sometimes is aware that something is going to take place. It's the energy around it. So it it does make you wonder that Nikolai Tesla previously had actually said that his brain was only the receptacle for his consciousness and it would receive its information. So it it does beg these questions. But to segue back real quick, um, Ben had this relationship with her and he was struggling with this. Uh, mentality of just this is a normal girl she's really beautiful she's really hot is is what he said right <laughs> but just a normal person except for that one thing <laughs> and and he struggled with that mentality and that really gave the groundwork of like who he was in the show of he needs everything explained he needs everything to make sense yeah. and if it doesn't make sense, then he has to argue about it. He has to whittle it down until it does make sense. And it, it was just pro- uh, character progression for him in the sense that, all right, I need to go beyond my comfort zone yeah. if I'm going to make this work. Yeah. 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 And he ended up making out with hey, that season two, mister. Was it? <laughs> with who we're only to talking about a- season one Dang, to be revealed at a later date <laughs> more after, to follow after ed watches the show <laughs> someone who looks like a certain person <laughs> so uh, this so but that knowing that knowledge leads into this episode because ben does experience her confessing these things to him so it's very interesting. And the fact that um, Kristen, through hallucinogens, uh, does end up seeing some of these weird things happening. And then uh, to his credit, maybe this is why he's trying to experience um, visions this way. But he does end up seeing one of the ancestors that were they're previously on that plantation that was one I of their relatives. That. Yeah. Which alludes so, to did he actually see God in his original vision? Because if he's it, it's referencing or alluding or whatever you want to call it, that if he's using drugs yeah. in order to see something, then in, in this instance, it is a pagan religion for, for what he is, yeah, which is Catholic. Yeah. So having this Africana sort of uh, voodoo type uh, belief and having that kind of uh, vision, it shows that in the show, there are many different ways to figure out the visions that you need to explain to yourself. Agreed. And, um, I will say there's 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 some interplay there because they they seem to they seem to indicate that his first vision was not induced by anything correct and that his following visions he's having which are induced um, could or could not be real visions which is a kind of corruption of himself in right. order in order to achieve what he wants to achieve right but also in that episode 
is kind of the corruption of the main character, Kristen, with and and Ben, I suppose, of that sexual tension that they have between themselves. I didn't even that, notice it. I didn't even pick up on it. <laughs> oh, really? It was kind of prevalent, my man. But I mean, throughout the entire show, up until then, yeah, uh, Ben has been. Uh, Ben and Kristen have been struggling with this sexual tension that have been being pushed by the demonic presences that they both are dealing with. Uh, ben with Leland and uh, Kristen with George. Right. So it, it they both came to a forefront and it was at that instance that Andy came home, Kristen's husband, and that I think is absolutely very important because with Andy... I think it shows the importance of a father figure, a man, a man figure in the household. Okay. That he is a protector. He is the masculine influence. So when she gets home and she realizes that he is home, something changed in her. And she does it very, she acts it very well in the show that she changes and the sense of, all right, he's home now. Oh my gosh, what have I been doing? Now, she still has that corruption in her mind yeah. and she still struggles with that. But I, I, I just love that when he comes home, I'm not sure if it was in the next, yeah, it was in the next episode. I'm not sure if we're going to touch on it or not, but the fact that he is a protector of the household. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the obvious thing would be to do is, you know, the next time they have sex is, Wear wear wolf masks or whatever masks they use. <laughs> that was was that season two? I can't remember. No, that was the first one. I remember that. That was it. It, it gets hairy. That was Actually, weird. <laughs> wait, wait, pardon. hold on. No, that. Uh, hold on. I remember. I think that's either the end of season. Yeah, that's near the end of season one. Yeah. But before we took a, our break, we were about to touch upon Sebastian Lewis, uh, which was the uh, the teenage male uh, that was being indoctrinated by Leland. Yes. And I thought it was the perfect balance between those two types of masculinity. Uh, I don't know, features, if you will. I, I don't know. The influence, there you go, influences. With uh, Andy Bouchard, it was the man of the household. It was the protector. When it came to Sebastian, it was the the simp, the uh, Hollywood's interpretation of the far right. Okay. And so it was a corrupting influence versus a protector. And they, I think they just, they found that perfect balance of explaining the importance of having that perfect manliness in the household. Mm. That's good. Going deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I'll just, I, I just think, wait till I get to the therapist. I think anybody in the church will, will actually admit there's a, a war on family ideas and family archetypes. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, the atomic yeah. family. Yeah. Because if you, if you destroy the family, you destroy the foundation of what it means to be in a human society. Mm -hmm. So yeah, anything goes. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I, I remember yeah. feeling that too. When the husband came home, I felt relieved. I'm like, all right, well, someone could put these kids to bed now. Well, not only that, <laughs> but if you remember the next episode, he puts on the VR goggles and he takes care of that demon. Yes. And that is what really just signified to me that, it was because he was away. The man was away from the family mm. that that all this evil was able to come in. And it, it just really resonated to me, the importance of having both members, both uh, familial, familial figures in the household. Yeah. Both, yeah, both the archetypes sure. of the family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The patriarch and the matriarch. Yes. <laughs> and, and they complement each other so well. It's it's not one or one over the other. It's absolutely complimentary. Yeah. Where one is not able to, the other one does. 
And that goes both ways. Yeah. yeah. And they show the tension really well because she was not necessarily happy about him being there. Correct. And and that was a corrupting influence. Right. So she tried to pretend as if to make it seem to him that she was happy, but she right. was not that happy about it. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what to do with all her feelings and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. So those were some very key parts, especially about, about mid-season. All yes. of those things came to play. Yeah. And the reason why we played a certain song at the beginning of the episode <sighs> is because of episode number seven. My favorite episode. <laughs> so a Catholic schoolgirl reports instances of students singing a repetitive melody nonstop. Kristen and Ben discover that the melody comes from an internet cartoon about marijuana and that all of the affected students heard it through a video posted by a popular influencer, Melendaz. Lexi asks Cheryl for advice on dealing with a bully. So what did you think about this episode? Ah, man, it was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) Like it just shows the quite like the literal influence that influencers have on our children. Right. I, I don't even have children and it scares me of wazoo. Just the, the effect that all these people on the internet have. And I, I don't know. I, there are no words to explain how deep and how sinister all this music, all these influences can be on children. I mean, oh, I agree. No, I a hundred percent agree. And I don't blame the influencer because I believe the influencer is also a victim of what they're being told. They have to put out there in, so, in most instances, in most instances, not all, but so it, j- just like Sebastian, this was the opposite. The, this was the other side of it. Yeah. Sebastian was being, um, what's it called? Influenced by Leland. Yep. But the influencer was also got that, got that song from Leland as well. Exactly. You find out later that this same person, Melendaz, who's had puts out, puts this song out and is in the background She's playing this song because Leland's the one even guiding her as an influencer. And telling her how to get out of it. Yep. He's so evil, that guy. Such a good actor. But I do agree with you in terms of the influence over, you know, our youth, especially in what it means today in our society and in our culture. Yeah. Um, it's a tough job as parents to it. Because it's so ingrained in our society, we know it's not going away. Right. It's always going to be a part of our world. But without that presence of at least one parent in the house, at least one who's present with their children, two would be better. But if at least not one, that's that's who's raising your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it is so important. Like I said, I haven't seen any of these episodes, but I can speak to this. Um, it is so important nowadays for parents or parent, um, legal guardian, whatever, to really be paying attention to what the kids are watching, what they're taking in. Um, yeah. Cause like you just, just, it is so easy for a kid to start out on something so innocent. And I, I have six nieces. I don't have any kids of my own, but I have six nieces. We've had a couple of occurrences, you know, in the family and stuff to where they'll be sitting down with their tablet, you know, they'll just get on YouTube and watch, you know, start watching something good and innocent and stuff like that. But you start hitting those links and you start yeah. going places. And all of a sudden they're asking you a question. Hey, I saw this or I heard this on, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, where in the world did you get that information? So it's, 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 it's not, you're not, how do I want to put this? You're not invading your kids' privacy. You're right. protecting them. You, you are in this day and age, like in, in the day and age of the internet where you have access to, I mean, I, I love technology. I've always been a tech person since I was yeah. a little kid. Um, Nerd. I think technology is so cool, but like to something we said earlier, technology is, is a, is a neutral thing. And people can use it for good and for evil. And and it's made a very open pathway for either one of those instances to be used and to be opened up to kids, to adults, to everybody. Yeah. Um, and so if you're not gatekeeping, if you're not watching, if you're not listening to um, going in and seeing what they're listening to, what they're watching, you know, and you know, viewing the stuff for yourself and seeing, does it align with what I want? 
right. my my child, my kid to be learning and to be growing up and be influenced. Because like the term influence is a real thing. Oh yeah. Like especially when they're kids, like this influences how they think, how they perceive the world, how they act. Yes. You know, so like you really got to be paying attention nowadays. Which, Absolutely. Not to be too political because this is not the, the show for it, but please pay attention to what your schools are teaching your kids. It is so important. Like what what's going on in Florida is complete misinformation. Please pay attention to what your schools are telling that your kids and be be active. Be active in your school systems. Please vote correctly. So you're saying that People are not retiring and going to Florida. <laughs> I'm saying what's going on in Florida politically when it comes to the school bills yeah. is of utmost importance. And there's so much misinformation about it. All right. Cool. But yeah. that we'll cover more of that on Bible of a bruise. I was about to say that. That's politics. <laughs> Ed, I, I mean, I really agree with what you're saying. And I think that really was um, that show really this episode in particular mm-hmm. really Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll say just one little caveat onto that is I think it's also just as important not only to watch what your kids are <coughs> bringing in, but on the internet what they are putting out. Yes, like like I, I there's a number of um, influencers I watch on Twitch or on YouTube. I like their videos. I like their content and stuff like that. And when you get into the comments of some of these channels and you see what people are willing to put out there. Mm-hmm. Because they can sit behind a keyboard, behind a, a a name that will never become public, you know, and stuff like that, um, and just how they interact with people. Like you, you know, one hundred percent, there's no way they would say or do this if they were in right. front of somebody, um, yeah. you know. But but it, it just it goes to show, you know, you need parental supervision. You know, go in and look at what your kid has been posting. Go in and look at how they're interacting yeah. with people because that's very very important. Because it's so easy, you know. Because on the internet, like there are very little consequences. So like if somebody really makes you mad and you know you decide to lash out there's there's not a consequence where if you did that in in real life that person could hit you or your parents could hear you you know you can get disciplined for it, that kind of stuff so like just just pay attention because yeah, like so true. it's so easy to take that next step that you wouldn't do irl thank and, you twitch and parents there's there's options out there so like i use the orby system from netgear at my house it has beautiful parental controls um all my kids know that I 100% control the entire network and they're not allowed to see things they're not supposed to see. There's, there's, you can, you can block not only grade levels, but you can also block uh, specific websites and specific ratings. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. And then on there, if you have to give them cell phones um, at some point, every kid will need one. Um, MM Guardian is a good one. You can go through and you can actually put that on your kids' phones. You can monitor them, make sure they're safe, and people are not trying to scout your children out for things that are inappropriate. And being the youngest one here, which y'all are still pretty pretty good so far. <laughs> wow. But being the youngest <gasps> one here, please just be honest with your kids. Explain why you're doing something like this. Like explain why you want to shelter them from from these types of things. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not do as I say, not as I do. It's not because it's my way. It's explain to them why this is the way that you're doing it. And that way they can appreciate yeah. what you are doing. Yeah. And if they don't appreciate it in the moment, speaking as, you know, somebody who was a kid and has grown up, you know, and like I look back at my childhood now, I'm so just like, you know what? I, 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 there are times my parents did stuff and had rules and regulations and stuff. And I was like, this is stupid. This is dumb. Why are you doing it? But like now I look back and I'm like, thank you. Yeah. I understand. I'm an adult now. I see stuff. I know stuff. Yeah. You kept that from me and kept me from going into situations and stuff that could have really hurt me or somebody yeah. else. Yeah. But uh, to the show's uh, uh, profit or however you want to say it, Kristen also mentioned uh, earworm, which yes. is just so important. Like the things that kids can pick up on the internet and just gets ingrained in them. I mean, I think I've said my first cuss word at like age 12. And it's because I heard from a friend at school who heard it online. And it's like, I never would have heard that unless a friend said it, who he wouldn't have heard it if he didn't hear it online. It's like all these things just get ingrained in your head. Yeah. And then it just gets stuck there and you just want to repeat it. It's that's why we're so important to, catch what you're saying in front of young minds. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yep. I've had to learn it the hard way, even somewhat pretty recently in terms of, you know, how cognitive I am of what they're on. One of mine, I won't say which one for embarrassing, <laughs> but he was telling me, uh, Oh, he, I know which one it is. Um, he was making a joke. He's like, Oh dad. He's like, you know, so-and-so made this video thing and he was reading one of the comments about it and he was, it just got stuck in his mind after he read it. I had no idea what he was reading until he just kept spotting it out and kept spotting it out. He was like, Oh yeah, that joke is, yeah, that joke is as flat as a maxi pad. Oh, <laughs> and I, I about choked on what I was drinking. I'm like, wait, what, what did you just say? I'm like, do you even know what that is? He's like, actually, no, I just, I saw it on a comment and I'm like, well, to your point, Sam, I'm like, this is why you can't say that because this, this and that, and no more reading comments. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so even on kids stuff that's specific for kids, I mean, you just can't stop everything. Yeah. yeah. You can't, you can't. Yeah. To my, to my kids credit. So one of my older kids, I have, I have a couple older kids, a couple younger kids. To my, to their credit, uh, one of them was over, and uh, they said to one of my younger ones, they said, "Whatever you do, listen to him." He pointed at me. He said, "Listen to him." I didn't listen to him. I regret it now. Listen to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, kids, even later, when they make mistakes, yeah, if they're if they're honest with themselves, come back later, been like, you know what? And, and I had to tell him. I said, you know what? That doesn't come from me. That comes because I didn't listen to my grandfather. And my grandfather told me what I should do. I didn't listen to him. And so I learned the hard way. And so that's why I try to tell you. I tried to, to keep you from my mistakes because I didn't listen to him. Yeah. So. And, and to that credit, I mean, every single person, I think, needs to learn the same mistake. We, we can't shelter our kids to not make the mistake that we did. Yeah. But we do need to explain to our kids how we made that mistake and why it was important to learn from that mistake. Yeah. Not necessarily to avoid that altogether because that's just sheltering and hiding a truth of a world, a reality that most likely they will make and they need to learn from as soon as they can instead of just yeah. saying you're in a safe little bubble. Yeah. I, I think that's where... In my previous in my previous Protestant life, I think I missed the fact that a lot of the lives of the saints teach us those things. Like, mm. for example, if you go back and look at like Saint Augustine, right? And a lot of the Protestant side demonizes Saint Augustine, even though everything they have is based on him. Um, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I mean, the entire Western Church is Saint Augustine, whether you like it or not. Shots fired. It's all St. Augustine. Anyway. Not me. He's my favorite wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go back in his younger life, he did live a somewhat secular life, had illegit an illegitimate child, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he spent the rest of his life trying to correct people on his own mistakes, right? Yeah. And that's why if you read St. Uh, Augustine's uh, Confessions, even to this day, 2000, almost uh, 1,600 years later, it still resonates with you because it's still so real. It's still so vibrant, right? Because we still make those same mistakes, and he yep. relates that to us. Yeah, yeah. Well, going back to the show, I think that's why it's particularly tough with her and all the kids. I mean, it's just her. For a lot of so like what you were saying, Sam, when once the father returned back, it's like, I mean, it's tough enough with four kids or three kids or two kids or whatever, but when you got just four girls. Yeah. Yeah. I have three. Yeah. Hey, Gumby, I think you have. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It takes a village. It takes it a does. village. It does. It does. It really does. Well, Gumby, you're not supposed to make the village on your own. <laughs> yeah. That's it. We'll, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> We had, we'll devote a whole episode to Gumby and his children. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take up the rest of 2022, man. 
so there were several more interesting episodes that, that played forward. Um, one of them was actually so book 27 LaRue takes advantage of his freedom by harassing Kristen. Now, if you remember, LaRue was the serial killer from episode one that she was trying to imprison, right? So by her, by Townsend formally proposes to Cheryl, her grandmother, all right, Kristen's grandmother. Mother. Well, I'm sorry, mother. Her children's grandmother. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm thinking of, of them in their bunk beds calling her grandma, right? It's a village. Um, yeah. <laughs> when she goes to ask for Kristen's blessing, her daughter forbids her from coming to her family again. Dr. Boggs refers one of his patients, Eleanor, to David, as Eleanor believes that her unborn son is a demon. I'm sure he has a regular name like George or Howard. <laughs> <laughs> After the boy, after the boy's twin sister mysteriously dies in utero. David arranges an exorcism, but Eleanor's baby is born before it can be completed. He and Ben look into RSM Fertility, the clinic that administered Eleanor's IVF. It discovers links to families they previously worked with. David proposes a theory. The clinic is secretly a front for the hierarchy. Now, by hierarchy, they're referring to the different sigils and the people in power who use the sigils, the demon sigils, to remain in power over the, not just the city, but the whole, you know, communities, companies, uh, organizations. So this is huge. Like, yeah. it's, it's multinational. So that was such an interesting episode. Bit yeah, odd. Right. Yeah. So what's what's really interesting is at the end. Uh, so at the end, Kristen, uh, she uh, she ends up doing something that uh, may come back to haunt her. <laughs> so uh, this time of Kristen walking towards a demon, Kristen gets a call that Larue was finding was found bludgeoned to death in his home. Oh, whoa! She then burns. Uh, she burns and. Picking up a crucifix, suggesting evil is within her. It's the biggest spoiler of the night, man. <laughs> so what's really interesting about this episode is you know, what they don't say right here is that when they are at uh, going to RSM Fertility to do an investigation, uh, Ben walks inside the room and says, oh, hey, you have blood on your leg. And she reaches down, wipes it off, and she says, no, I don't. What blood? Uh huh. And so Ben kind of knows something's going on, mm-hmm. and by her behavior, even David is kind of noticing that she's a little bit off. Yeah. And Ben connects the dots pretty quickly. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, and then it really seals the deal when she picks up the crucifix and finds out it burns her. Yeah. Which kind of makes you wonder if possession is coming to her, maybe even an advanced uh what we call infestation mm. through her just doing at little acts of evil throughout the whole first season. Corrupting herself. Yes. Or being corrupted. Yeah. Because if you notice, she does one thing after another and each little thing is kind of corrupting her nature all throughout the first episode leading up to where she finally murders LaRue. Spoiler alert. <laughs> by sticking her climbing axe right to the back of his skull. Now they don't show that in little basic season in one, but <laughs> but they do infer that she did do it. Now I will uh, protection for her family. I will say this yes. of the show: I do not like how they did that. Um, mainly because. The way they portrayed her afterwards, she had zero remorse. She had it, her acting ability or her acting about it did not show any sort of like remorse, any remorse, any sort of psychological change. Yes. But there's a reason for that that isn't exposed to the to season two. And so they're saying anything about but that. There, it, <laughs> there is a reason for that. So yeah. it was actually very well played and it just, 
distinctly, you see a flavor of it right there at the end. You'll also notice that after that episode, George doesn't show up. It's true. Because George doesn't. George doesn't have to show up. Didn't even pick up on that. Wow. George no longer has to haunt her. Mm -hmm. Mm. Who's George? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. He has a regular name, which means he's a demon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's a good point, Sam. Wow. I didn't even connect that one. But Mm. I I do. I do want to say this. I'm not, I'm not sure if Mira showed up before this episode. No, I'm pretty sure she did. That's yeah, her friend, so, the cop friend. Yes, and she shows up only briefly before that, but then yes, she shows up right after this. So Mira Mira Bird is a police investigator. She is one of uh, Kristen's best friends, I think. Yep. But I think the show was actually trying to show her not as her best friend but as her conscience. And that's why, right? Yeah. <laughs> because she, for those not actually right. watching this, uh, Gumby just shook his head in disbelief and shock. <laughs> like, whoa, I didn't even see, see that coming. Yeah. But I say that Mira is her conscience or, or the allegory to being her conscience because during every single episode after that, when they're talking, it's always with the train in the background, as in some type of interference, some type of drowning out of her own conscience. And I can't talk about this because it's season two. Don't touch. How much alcohol is in this thing? <laughs> but there is a, 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 a part that just shows exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying. Yep. So yeah. yes, as soon are. as we go through season two, I'll explain that. Yeah. Well, mm. interesting. And there's, yeah. So, so you have a lot to look forward to, Ed. Yeah, yes. it'll be interesting season going back after, after this whole conversation and just, and watching all this. And like, yeah. after some of these ideas, like I'll have a better, you know, cause I'm not even sure I would have picked that some something like that. So that'd be interesting going back and watching it and seeing how their interactions and stuff and seeing, you know, I don't think the writers who wrote it would <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, that, that is what I yeah, meant. That's what we were doing. Hey, that is a note. We're doing it from now on. Well, what he says is actually true because there's a scene. In season two. There's a scene, there's a scene in season two that actually plays to exactly what he's saying. Well, I can't say yeah. this to that uh, because I, I do remember her cop friend implying at a certain part where like, I've known. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're catching up. Right. Yep. Ah! There's so much coming in season two. Yep. But again, we'll cover that in a future upcoming episode. Yep. So it it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that will also be a huge spoiler episode. So watch season one, then listen to this, then let's watch season two, and then watch that next episode. We've spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> or listen it's to been it. evil. Or listen oh, to it. How about this? How about this? We won't spoil season three. All right. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. a fair deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait till you till you get me on topic of her uh, therapist, though. Oh, again. again. That's... <laughs> All right. That was good. Yeah. All right. Got me final thoughts. Yeah. No, I love the um, man. I love the tension between the secular and the religious, and trying to uh, bridge the two, and you know that overlap and all of that. I, I, I love that, that duality piece. That, that to me is really cool. Yeah. So yeah. Sam? I'm glad we touched on it. Um, everything, everything is religion to somebody. So for Ben, science was religion. It was everything needs to, to be explained. Two plus two does equal four. And I have the evidence to prove it. With it, when it came to, uh, who was it? Uh, Kristen and who was sorry what was that who, who was the pastor I can't remember his name uh I forget <laughs> he was David David that's oh you mean the priest yeah priest yes sorry. yes we call uh, them pastors Aaron well the <laughs> thing is is that the thing is that if you have a parish you are still a pastor even if you're a priest 
Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, for Ben, science is religion. Two plus two equals four. I have science to prove it. For Kristen and David, it's I have faith. I have belief. Yeah. David, it's faith. Kristen, it's belief. Uh, Kristen uses psychology to explain her belief. It is a soft science. There's no actual hard evidence for what she believes other than time and time and again, things have come up. And it just, it shows why things are explained the way they are. Uh, She explained it very well when it came to uh, the DSM-5 and how we're in the fifth rendition of our belief system of why things are the way they are. David, he has his belief system, his faith that things aren't always explainable, but they can be the way they are because of something extra. So each one of them is dealing with this struggle of explaining uh, explaining away and explaining to themselves why things are the way they are. Right. That's good. Uh, I just enjoyed the conversation. Um, it, it's, it's definitely a very interesting show. Um, and like like everybody was saying, it's 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 interesting to see the the arguments of you know what is natural and what's supernatural. You know what when does one overlap? And I do believe in both both worlds, and it's just it's it's yeah. interesting to see like where is the overlap? Where is the where is the influence of one into the other? And then where is the free will in our in, in the physical in our realm? Yeah, you know. So. Sweet. And I enjoyed the conversation with all of you. Please check us out on every social media platform. And also know that we have our regular podcast, Bible Over Brews. Soon to come up, Bible Over Brews News. Check out our Patreon. We love you. Godspeed. Good night, everyone. Peace out. Adios, amigos. Adios.